some good-looking kids at this church. Woo. Well, okay, I guess uh, I'll preach. You want to give me that clicker, Valerie? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, would you stand with me? We're going to start a series, uh, probably a two- or three-week series on praying in the Spirit. We're going to read together Romans chapter 8, verses 16 through 28. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. Okay, I know that we normally just kind of read through, but I, I want to stop here just a second. I had a friend um, named Harry Raleigh who uh, back in the 70s, he, he got saved, gave his life to the Lord, and moved to Cincinnati. I don't know what's up with that. But uh, he had family there, and his, and his little brother got saved from Harry's testimony. And his little brother came uh, rushing over to Harry's house one day and went, do you know what I just read? And he went, what? He said, the Bible says that I am an heir of God and a co-heir with Jesus Christ. Did you know the Bible said that? And Harry went, yeah, yeah, I, I think it did. Hey, guys, we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus Christ. How cool is that? Okay, keep going. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Father, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that You would touch each one of us, that each heart here would be stirred. Lord, even, even the, the coldest even the, 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 the most dead, even the dullest heart here would be quickened to what you want to do, to what you want to say, to the life that's in your word, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
I just, I enjoy this too much. Is it just me or has anyone else noticed that life is sometimes complex? It's sometimes not simple. It's sometimes a little hard to, to figure out collectively. There are, there are issues that get quite complex. Uh, war is a very complex thing. Extremely complex. We read about it in the newspaper or we listen to a soundbite on television or something or, or read a headline on, on the internet and we think it's pretty simple. We think, oh, oh well, it's just this. You know, we need to, to just do that. It's not that simple. You know, right now, uh, the stuff that's going on in Syria, you know, basically you read some of that and kind of go, well, I, that's pretty simple. You just need to go in, take them out. And, uh, it's not that simple. It's it's complex thing. Allocation of resources, complex thing. You know who 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 should get what? Who gets the water? Who gets the oil? Who gets the time? It's a sometimes it's all so complex that there's no possibility of being able to figure it out. Who should win the Super Bowl? Very complex thing. You know, I promise you, yeah, you know, there's, if you want to pray for, you know, to win sporting events, that, that's great. That, that's fine. Have at it, you know. Just don't put too much money on your prayers, okay? But I promise you that there were numerous places where at least two or three were gathered together in agreement and touching concerning the New York Giants winning the Super Bowl. But I also promise you that there were other places where there were at least two or three joining together and touching and believing concerning the New England Patriots winning the Super Bowl. What's God supposed to do? Decided on the field, guys. Yeah. Complex. Personal issues get complex sometimes. Health issues physical, mental, things that happened. The first, the first funeral I ever did, uh, I was a youth pastor. I've, I've been a youth pastor for about two weeks. I was 32 years old. Uh, I was at the Lord's Chapel, and uh, the Lord's Chapel was kind of a strange place. People sort of wandered in and wandered out and, and had strange requests, and uh, uh, sometimes they'd wander in and want to get married, and we'd just marry them. I don't know. You know, it was, it was that kind of place. And uh, the pastor came to me one day and said, Oh, by the way, I had, I had a phone call from a lady who uh, needs to have a funeral done. I'm not going to be able to do it. Uh, why don't you take it? And I said, Well, okay. It wasn't somebody I'd ever heard of. Uh, it was uh, a situation of, of SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. It was, it was a six-month-old baby. Yeah, that was my first funeral. I did. What do you say? What, and that's not the last time I've done one of those. But what, what, what do you say in those situations? It, it's, it, gets, it gets complex. Uh, family issues, uh, financial issues, ro romantic issues can be complex. Hopefully they simplify once you get married. But prior to that, it can be, it can be pretty confusing. You know, what should I do? What, what direction should I go? Yes, no, maybe. Family issues. Do we, do we, 
Do we move for the school district? Do we, what kind of neighborhood do we want to raise the, the, the family in? Uh, do, we, do we homeschool? Home, homeschooling, homeschooling can be a pretty cool thing. Uh, I, I have observed over the years that there's very little middle ground in homeschooling. There are great homeschoolers, and there are cruddy homeschoolers. And there's basically not much of anything in between. You get right down to it. But it's not just a simple matter of, well, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm, I don't want to have anything to do with the system. Take them home. Uh, back, in the, back in the 70s, I remember being in the Cornelia bookstore and talking to one of the wild hippie Jesus people who, who was there at the time. And for some reason, homeschooling came up. I don't know why. I mean, Isaac, I think Margaret was pregnant. Isaac wasn't born, but anyway, we were talking about school districts and stuff, and homeschooling came up, and they said, no, we don't, we don't do any of that. We feel called to be in the public school. They need us. And so that's where we are. And I went, that's another way to look at it. It's complex. It's not the same for every family. It's not the same for every child. Some, we, we homeschooled some of our children and didn't homeschool some of our children. You know, that, that's, it gets complex sometimes with things. Because life is complex, there are times when prayer gets complex as well. My mom's last few years, uh, many of you knew my mom or remember her. Uh, she died back in 04, so I guess that's eight years ago. Maybe all, not all that many of you did, but some of you did. And my mom was a very sharp woman. She'd always been very active, but the last 10 or 12, actually 12 or 13 years of her life, she was uh, confined to a wheelchair because of a series of strokes that she had. And for most of that time, she was, uh, uh, it, it was like, why am I here? You know, why? Why doesn't God just take me home? I, you know, I don't understand this. And on the, on the week that she went home to be with the Lord, uh, she was in, she'd gone to the hospital, and she had an intestinal blockage. And they were going, well, she was 84, and she was pretty frail, and they were saying, well, we can do surgery. That's probably, probably the only chance that we really have, but the chances of you surviving the surgery aren't very good. And she went, no, uh-uh, don't want to do it. Uh-uh, I, I don't want any more surgery. And my dad, you know, bless his heart, I mean, it had been a beautiful thing to watch my dad take care of my mom for that last 10 years or so. Uh, you know, he was going, well, now, but, but Rebecca, you know, we, we just, we need to try it now. We need to do whatever we can. And, I, and she was going, I don't want, I'm going, Dad, this isn't a hard thing to figure out. I mean, she's lucid, she's here, she, this is what she wants. You know, we go this way, and like I say, I totally understand him wanting to hold on. But the thing is, we, we've kind of been conditioned into thinking that not dying is always right. Is always the best way. But are you Christians? Well, what do you think is on the other side of that door? When you get right down to it, I mean, is, that, is, this, is, this, is this, I'm going to go see Jesus? I'm going to be in God's presence, uh, you know, no more, uh, uh, no more aches, no more pain, no more acne, uh, no more cellulite, yeah, or, you know, what, any of those things. I mean, this is, uh, yeah, that's a bad deal. That's something I don't want. 
oh, yeah. And, and, and I know it's hard for those who stay behind, but really, I mean, do you believe that our life is just a vapor? You believe that we will be reunited? We'll, we'll see them again? It's not, a, it's not an easy thing to, to figure out. Sometimes you just don't know. When, when I go to pray for people who are sick, and I think that sometimes we, we've kind of been buffaloed into thinking that if we're really Christians, if we really are, are, are people of faith in the Word, and we go visit a sick person, we're going to heal them. Well, maybe you are, and maybe you aren't. Maybe that's what God wants you to do, and maybe He just wants you to go. So when I go to, to pray for a sick person, one of the first things I do is I listen. What's God saying to you? What, what, what does he want? What do you want at this point in your life? And then there are other times when words are just simply not needed. There are, there are other times when it's just, you just need to shut it, snap it. This last week... Uh, uh, a brother here in the church. Well, he didn't mind me. He'd like his. He'd like for you to pray for him, brother uh, Sam Dalton. Uh, his his son uh, committed suicide on uh, on Monday. Left a wife and uh, six month old baby. And I went to see Sam on Tuesday. And you know, you don't necessarily have to say anything. It's not a matter of saying something. It's just a matter of being there. You know, Job's comforters were doing great until they started talking. I mean, they were doing great. It says they, 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 they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. And then they started talking and, and ended up with miserable comforters, you all are. But while they were doing it, I mean, if you, if, you're, if you were suffering like that guy Job, imagine having a friend or having several friends who would just come and sit on the ground with you for seven days and seven nights and just be there. That's strong. That's powerful stuff. And, it, and, you know, and in the end, Job didn't need answers. Job just needed a revelation of how great God was. And in the meantime, he needed somebody to sit on the ground with him. Sometimes it's best in our prayers to just simply ask for wisdom. Okay, this is important. I didn't put it on the screen here. You're going to have to listen and, and, and hold this in your head yourself. But we are not required, we are not even encouraged to come to God with solutions. We're not necessarily supposed to come to God and tell Him what He needs to do. That's not usually the best way to pray. You get into a situation. But it's always proper to ask for wisdom, and it's one of those things that, 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 that you can be sure of getting an answer to. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, James says this over in, in, in James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Sometimes you just need to go to God and go, God, I don't know. I don't know. You, I, you, might, I don't even know. you might not even know why you're here. 
But I'm here. Speak to me. And be aware that as the wisdom is given, it's not always given as a, as a mystic crystal revelation. It's not always given as a thus saith the Lord. Sometimes it's given as a, oh, there's where the next step is. Yeah. And then later on it'll be, oh, and there's the next step there. Get right down to it. Sometimes you're just at a total loss about what to pray. And you know what? That is a great place to be. That is a wonderful place to be. Because the passage that we read today, verses 26 and 27, says, in the same way, when we get there, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Wow. You ever prayed not in accordance with God's will? (laughs) In fact, I should probably put both hands up on that one. Yeah. Plenty, Plenty of times. But when this happens, when the Spirit takes over, when the Spirit begins to pray through us and inside of us, then it it happens in accordance with God's will. How does it happen? Well, there are various ways, and I just want to quickly touch on three of them. One of them is tongues. I know it says groans that are beyond words, but, but, but groans can be sounds, even if they're not words, okay, that you necessarily understand. There's a lot of ways that tongues can be used. Back in April, that was the month before May, I taught about tongues for a couple of weeks uh, but one of the ways is this type of situation when somebody comes and asks me to pray for them and and I really don't know where I'm supposed to go with it you know they come this is the situation kind of going okay okay uh, what I'll do and I know Bruce does this Barbie, Wayne, uh, many of the elders, if you, you come in and, and bring a situation. And what, what you might hear, first of all, is somebody just speaking in tongues. Because I figure, okay, if I don't know what to say, he does. And so I'll just pray in tongues for a while. And sometimes as that's happening, it'll just click in and all of a sudden go, okay, yeah, there, that's where we're going. Let's take the prayer there. And sometimes it doesn't. You're just going to get prayed for in tongues. Because I, I, I don't know whether to say fill him up or empty him out. Yeah. Just don't know which, which one to go. Yeah. And so sometimes when the Spirit is praying through us, well... Hopefully, really, anytime you're praying in tongues, that should be a manifestation of the Spirit praying through you. And, and there are other things other than intercessory prayer where tongues are used. Uh, and we'll be talking about those kind of things um, when we're next week. But when, when we use that phrase, you hear that phrase, deep cries out to deep. You know, oftentimes, I mean, that, that's a whole lot about what tongues is. It's got a whole lot to do with just simply connecting, just simply being in His presence. Got a, it's got a strong connection to worship. Sometimes it, it's manifested in silence. 
said, well, I thought you were talking about prayers. Yeah, talking about prayers. Aren't prayers things that you hear? No, they're things that he hears. That was good. You guys must be real hungry. <laughs> I'm just telling you, if you want me to get done quicker, you got to help me out here. Yeah. The thing that, but I'm just saying, you know, prayers aren't necessarily things that we hear. They're things that he hears. It says over here, whew, we, we read it, that all of creation is groaning. Do, have you ever heard it? Yeah, that's how I, I'm conflicted about that question. Conflicted about the answer to it. And yet, it, I mean, you know, the trees, the, the, the hills, the, the, the creeks, the, the lakes, the oceans, all the animals and stuff. The, the, uh, we had a, 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 what was it? We had a dead armadillo in our driveway last night. Yeah, I was, I was pulling into the driveway and we'll go, what is that? And Margaret, and, and, uh, and Margaret, I, Margaret said, what is that? And I said, well, it, I, it looks like a possum. I mean, it can't be an armadillo. It looks like a possum. And, and, and I think it's dead. And she said, those things are pretending sometimes. <laughs> and I said, you're right. So uh, driving up, the, well, as I walked down there today, it wasn't a possum and it wasn't pretending. I was just an armadillo decided to come over and die. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, animals, creatures. I mean, death is part of the curse. It's part of the fall. And, and all of creation, all of creation is groaning. And I got a feeling if we could hear it, boy, it'd probably mess you up big time to hear that. But God hears it. And he has heard it. From the fall until now. When God stepped out on, in, in, into nothing and said, light be. If you had been there, I got a feeling that one of two things would happen. You would have either heard a sound that would totally have disintegrated you. Because, it's, I mean, it, 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 would, it, would, it would be like, it would make the youth room on Wednesday night sound like a whisper. Yeah, sound that just... Blow you apart, or you would have heard nothing. Because it would have been a sound so far beyond the frequencies that we're able to pick up. And sometimes the deepest, most heartfelt, strongest prayers are so powerful they cannot be expressed in words. Over in 1 Samuel... Samuel's mother, Hannah, was at the temple, and she was barren, and it, and it was a source of incredible grief to her, and she, and she was praying. Her mouth was moving, but nothing was coming out, and Eli, the priest, thought she was drunk. He said, you know, put your, put your wine and your beer away and then come. You know, she went, oh, no, no, my Lord, I, I'm not that way. That's not what it is. I'm out of my grief out of my deep anguish, I'm, I'm, I'm praying. And you know what? God was hearing every word of it. And so sometimes when the Spirit prays through us, there aren't any words. There aren't any words. And then sometimes it's, it's inspiration. Sometimes it's not tongues. Sometimes it's not silence. Sometimes you hear yourself saying words, and you kind of go, where did that 
come from? The last day that I, that I saw my father on the night that he died, and some of you have heard me mention this before, uh, my dad spent the last two or three months in a nursing home. He fell and broke his hip. And he was over at, at Mayfield. And it was, actually, it was actually nice. It was actually good because uh, my dad always loved being around people. And he didn't know where he was. I mean, if he had been at his house or if he had been at our house, he wouldn't have known where he was. And, but he had people there. And it was, it was nice. In fact, uh, some, uh, some of you may remember me saying that the first time they wheeled him into the, uh, into the dining room, he held an election and got himself elected to something. <laughs> yeah, not sure what. Think he got elected pastor. Yeah. Uh, he thought he was back in Union City. He thought the Lord had sent him to this place to, to uh, raise up a church. And, and so he had spent most of his days just kind of tooling around and visiting his flock. And, but the problem was most of them didn't know that they were his flock. <laughs> you know, so when he buzzed into their room. <laughs> anyway, that's my dad. Uh, so the, the last couple weeks, they actually put him in a, in a place where he, he only had one wing he could go to. It was, it, was, it was a locked in area. And I'd go to see him most every day. And um, I, I guess two or three days before he, he passed on, I, I was there. And the guy who was sort of over the ward was telling me how, uh, you know, my dad would sit and quote the Bible to people. And how he was just sharing Jesus in the Bible with everybody. And there was this one guy in particular that I had, that I had kind of gotten, well, I had taken notice of because I'd go visit my dad, and this guy couldn't stay five minutes anywhere. Uh, he, he would, he'd sit right in front of the television in the room, and then he'd get up and he'd leave. And then five minutes later, he'd come back in and sit back down for five minutes. And then it was just like that. And the guy said, you know, when your dad quotes the scripture, that guy doesn't move at all. He'll sit there for an hour, listen to him, going, wow, this is so cool. And the, on the, the last day that I saw him, I went in, and they were having like story time or something, and, and this person was reading, sitting in the middle reading, and all these people were sitting uh, around her, and except for my dad, who was sitting right beside her. And he was kind of like, yep, we're, we're doing this. And, <laughs> you know, and, and I... I went in to, to see my dad and kind of got his attention, and he gave me a look like, I'm busy, you know, come, come back tomorrow. And on the way home, I, I, I just heard myself praying, you know, Lord, my dad was 92 at the time. I said, Lord, if you want my dad to live to be 100, that is great. But if, if you're ready for him, this would be a real good time, because he's not in pain, and he's He's enjoying himself. This would be a real good time. And so when the, and, and as soon as I prayed it, I went, oh my, I know where that came from. Because I've felt that before. And so when the phone rang at 3 o'clock that morning, I, you know, I knew. And when I, you know, when I went to the hospital and they said, oh, we got bad news for you, I went, well, you really don't. Because this is the way, it, this, is, this is about the best way it could possibly happen. You know, this is, this is, 
Lord, let me die the death of the righteous. You get right down to it. Sometimes you'll find yourself praying and something will come out. You'll go, man, I I wasn't necessarily going to go there, but boy, that felt right. That's the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes and begins to pray through us, that is truly a prayer of faith. It says here, in the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. In the same way, what? Well, if you look back, in the same way that we know that we're saved. In the same way that we, that we know that our bodies will be redeemed. In the, in the same way that all of creation has been groaning up until now. We've just we've plugged into that, and we're now part of it. Sending it up when the Holy Spirit connects with us. In that way, you, you might not even know what you just asked for, but you know there's a release. That's a prayer of faith. It's a prayer of faith because it is always in accordance with God's will. We, some would teach that you can pray your own will and by faith you can force it to happen. Oh, God, spare us. You know, not just from that teaching. Spare us from getting what it is we're trying to make you do. If it's not what you want to do, Jesus prayed, your will be done. Jesus taught us to pray, your will be done. And so if we're going to pray a perfect prayer, it's going to have your will be done, stamped all over it. And when the Holy Spirit prays through us, He prays perfectly in accordance with God's will. And it's a prayer of faith because we know that in all things God is at work for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's very unpleasant. And we kind of go, this can't be right. Back up. Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy of being compared with the glory that is going to be revealed in us at some point in time. There will come a day when you'll look back on that time of suffering. There'll come a day when you'll look back on that time of confusion. There'll come a day when you look back on that time that felt so dark and felt so oppressive, and you'll go, wow. <laughs> Yeah, not, 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 not even beginning to be worthy to be compared with what has been wrought, with what has been born. You know, I, I, Hannah went through a time of s- such serious grief that she really couldn't even get the words out. All she could do was just groan inwardly. And yet, the, the, the result was, Hey, hello, Samuel, the man that God didn't let any of his words fall to the ground, the, the, the boy who began to receive a calling even at a, at a young age and led Israel with integrity for years and anointed David king. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good result that you get from a time of suffering. And, I, and somehow or another, I don't know that that kind of boy could be born out of a, out of a period of Wonderful leisure. Everything is so great. 
I think that kind of glory can sometimes only come out of the fire. Only come out of the trial. So when we come to God, we trust Him. We can trust our prayers with Him because we can trust our life with Him. You, you, think about your life before you gave it over to God. Think about, your, think about your life this last week when you decided to take control for a while. How'd that work out for you? Not very well. We can trust Him with our life. We can trust Him with our prayers. That's a prayer of faith. Would you stand with me? You know, what I hope to accomplish, what I, what I hope gets it'll whatever the Holy Spirit wants to accomplish is what will get accomplished. But one of the things that I hope that gets accomplished is sometimes we don't come to God to pray because we don't know what to pray for. Or we go, well, I prayed for that and that didn't work. Well, maybe that wasn't what you were supposed to be praying for. And, and I would like to see us released from that. Amen. I'd like to see us released from that I, I would like to I'd like for you to understand that in your walk with the Lord you don't have to have the solution figured out before you go to him you don't you don't have to go okay God here I, I this is what I need no you just go you just go and, and sometimes you may just have to just wait you just kind of go okay when whenever you're ready Lord whenever you're ready you'll bring it you'll bring it. you'll see things happen Would our elders and deacons and their wives and their staff, would they come down, those who are going to pray with people and uh, and the others who are going to pray with people, would you guys come down here? If you're here and you need prayer, uh, the altar's open. The altar's open. Uh, God's anointing is all over this place. It absolutely is. These brothers and sisters, they'll pray with you. Uh, God will get the job done. Maybe you need healing Maybe you need restoration. Maybe you need salvation. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you need provision. You need redemption. Whatever. Clarity. Wisdom. You come. You come. If you don't need to come, we're going to worship for a few moments. Worship. Invite the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who does it. Yeah.
love you guys. Don't forget, if you want one of these CDs uh, of the dance benefit, goes, money goes to a good cause. Uh, there'll be a sign up for it out in the foyer. Raise your hand. We give you a blessing. May the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who sent his Son into the world so that we might be redeemed, and who gave us his Holy Spirit so that we might commune with him. May he elevate your prayers. May he elevate your prayers so that they are in accordance with his will. May he elevate your prayers so that you will see him do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything you can ask or think. May he elevate your prayers and draw you near to him through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.